Welcome back to another episode of Sports Rundown. I'm your host, Z, and joining me today are my co-host, Waddles, Jackson, and Josh. This is the Sports Rundown podcast where we are four college students coming to you from the campus of Palm Beach Atlantic University, here to bring you all the sports and all the news that goes with it. And now that we're a little over one week into the NBA season, we're going to talk about what we've been seeing so far. So one of the things I want to start with is, you know, some underperforming teams. And obviously the first one that is going to come to everyone's mind is the Los Angeles Lakers. Not the start. I think some people expected them not to be the greatest. You know, most of, I think most people expected them to be a pretty mid-tier team. But this is an awful start for the Lakers. Only, they just got their first win against Denver. All, they were the last winless team in the NBA. So absolutely awful start. However, they move Russell Westbrook to the bench. He plays the best he's looked in a long time. And they win. How are you guys feeling about Los Angeles moving forward? I mean, realistically, I feel like they'll they won't keep this up being one in five. But at the same time, I just feel like if they don't get any shooters or acquire any shooters at any point, they won't make the playoffs. And I'm still very cautious with with how, thinking that they could be a contender, even a playoff team. Although I think they'll. Currently, they're in the bottom three, bottom five teams in the league. I don't think that will necessarily stay, especially with them wor- working better together with Russ off the bench. I still have major concerns about their lack of youth and how how they can make it a whole season being the oldest team in the league and their lack of shooters. Like Those are both very glaring concerns through, through this part of the season. I would have to agree with Josh more. I think they'll definitely improve, but I, I think they can improve to a mid-tier team. Uh, I'm not as confident as I was about their postseason as I was two weeks ago. However, you know, that doesn't really mean... I mean, look at what the Boston Celtics did last year. This really means very little, but I do agree with you also, E. They've got to get shooters. Yeah, and whether that's a trade deadline acquisition, getting Buddy Heald would be huge for them. But I still think without younger players or shooters, they're gonna they're gonna struggle to get out of the bottom ten in the league. Well, did you see um the podcast that Miles Turner went on? Did you see that? I did not. Miles Turner basically said, "If the Lakers are smart, they'll pull the trigger on the trade for me and Buddy Heald." Yeah, he was basically talking about all his attributes and everything that they could really use at this point in time. He he wants to be a Laker, and he says the Lakers should want me, and I want to be a Laker. So, just just a little interesting thing to keep keep an eye on. Another thing to keep an eye on is, like we said, Russ came off the bench, looked really good, better than he has most of the season. But I want I want to read you off. I want to read you off one player's stats, and then I'm going to read you off another player's stats. One of them is going to be Russell Westbrook, and I want you guys to guess who the other player is. And then I want you guys to tell me which player you'd rather have. Okay? And so here's player A. Player A, in 25 minutes a game, is averaging 12.3 points, 34.6% from the field, 28% from the three, is averaging 
two and a half rebounds, two and a half steals. I mean, two and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, point two steals, and point two blocks. Okay, that's player A. Player B is playing thirty minutes a game, thirteen point four points, thirty four percent shooting from the field, twenty percent from the three, seven and a half rebounds, five assists, a steal and a half, and point two blocks per game. Do you have any stats on turnovers? Turnovers. Let me pull that up real quick, and then I will let you know. So, player B is averaging, let me pull it up here, averaging 2.6 turnovers per game. 2.6. Player A is averaging, let's pull it up here, Player A is averaging 1.3 turnovers a game, so half the turnovers that player B is having. Who are you guys taking? First off, I want to see here who you guys are taking. You taking player A or player B? It, it really depends on the team, but I think I'd give the slight edge to player A. P- slight edge to player A, Josh. More base that they're also playing less minutes. Only five less minutes. Only though. five, and it's the same shooting stats essentially right now. Except essentially, like what you said, twenty-eight percent from three, right? Twenty-eight versus uh, they're they're shooting the exact same field goal percentage, but player A is shooting eight percent better from the three. So neither one. If is you're shooting. the Lakers, you need player A then. <laughs> Even though it's not much of a difference, but. 8% is a I mean, big in terms of the other stats, though. Big difference over the course of a season. In terms of the other stats, I'd have to go with player B because it's just more well-rounded. In only five minutes, player A isn't going to get up to that amount of rebounds and assists per game. And steals, averaging over a steal more. Yeah. So you're going player A, and Josh, you're going player B. Now, can you guys tell me which one is Russell Westbrook and which one's the other player? Player B is Russell Westbrook. Player B is Russell Westbrook? What do you think? Are you talking about which one I think is? Is Russ, yeah. Yeah, B. B? All right, now who do you guys think player A is? So it has to be a guard. So I'm thinking yeah. I'm thinking it's either Kyle Lowry or who else is underperforming? Clay Thompson. Kyle Lowry, Clay Thompson, who are you feeling? Mm. Trying to think. Ky- Kyle Lowry sounds possible, although I I could see him being lower than twelve points per game. But it's got to be Clay, considering the assists are really low. I'm gonna say Clay. honestly, Clay Clay is a pretty good guess. It is Clay Thompson. So, as much hate as Russell Westbrook is getting, Clay Thompson is averaging. You know, granted five less minutes. He's putting up less points, less rebounds, less assists, and less steals on horrible shooting for what has been known throughout history as a pretty elite shooter. So I just, I, th- I go back to when we were talking about the uh, our preseason awards. The narrative has to be there. And the narrative as much as it needs to be on Russell Westbrook because he has not been playing great, you've got to put a narrative on Clay Thompson because this is just unacceptable. I mean, frankly, 
I think it has to do with the fact that I consider this is basically the decline of his career. Because you could tell when he came back halfway through last year, I mean, he wasn't doing all that much anyway, but it was just the it was just like the joy behind him coming back more over what he was going to be able to do when he came back. And then you saw in the postseason, I mean, he had some of his he had some high moments, but at the same time in the finals, you notice how he was one of the underperformers when there was guys who were overachieving on the Warriors that helped them win the title, including Steph, of course. Well, we knew he wouldn't be the same person after those back-to-back awful injuries, but I just think... I felt like the shooting would be a lot better than 28% from three. Yeah. It's and that could just be a rough start to this season. Oh, it can be. There's so like we've said so many times. Well, I mean, we're only a weekend. I, I love Clay, so I hope that it improves. But realistically, I just I don't know if he'll be able to get back to the All Star kind of Clay level. It'll definitely be interesting. So the, yeah, the Lakers have been underperforming. What other teams have been underperforming so uh, far? Well, we have. Speaking of the Warriors, actually, they have a losing year, record. They're right three now? and four. Three and four. So that's very interesting because they don't really have any injuries. They don't have they haven't had a particularly hard schedule to start the season. They're not the oldest team in the league. They they are starting to get a little farther up there in the age, but they're nowhere near like where the Lakers are. Think about it, think about it. Besides you have you have Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Andre Iguodala. Everyone on that else on that team is on the right side of their prime. They have one of the best young cores in the league, honestly. Yeah. And that's true. That being said, those four guys are playing, or at least the first three, not Andre Godala, but Steph, Clay, and Draymond are playing a good chunk of their minutes. Well, and then you've got Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, um, Kevon Looney, Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, and Jonathan Kaminga making up the other amount of the minutes. So I just That's think fair. The, there isn't really an excuse for them being three and four, which at this isn't an awful record. No, it's it sh- not. Th- it should be better, but, but it, it's that's not, not awful. Be. No, honestly, um, the interesting thing that I'm noticing right now, they the first five games they started off three and two, and so that's that's fine for yeah. the first five games. The last two games are what's pushed them back and what makes them look like kind of a weird team right now because they lost. At the Hornets, who have a losing record, one twenty to one thirteen, and then their last game they lost by fourteen at Detroit, who only has what two wins. Not to mention that's the Charlotte Hornets without Lamelo Ball. Exactly. So, take that into consideration as well. So that's that's kind of interesting to me. I don't feel like that. This is quite a situ. The Lakers situation more because of the the clear concerns on their roster is is something I would have concerns with. The Warriors, I wouldn't quite say I'm concerned for them, but it's definitely something worth keeping an eye on. I agree. Another, I think two more teams moving from the West over to the East, the Brooklyn Nets and the Miami Heat, correct me if I'm wrong, both of those teams just have two wins. Yeah, they're both two and five right two now. Two and five, which, you know, those were... I you know at least for Miami for me I'm very confident that Miami's gonna turn because I can't imagine Eric Spolstra and Pat Riley are in Miami right now happy about this I and Jimmy Butler with that work ethic 
I can't imagine Miami is happy with how the season has started because they're capable of so much more. I mean, just the way not. That's a team I see turning it around. 100%. Just the way that both of their rosters are built, I would not expect that at all. But at the same time, that being said, I feel like they'll be able to turn it around almost immediately. I'm more concerned about the teams out west than I am in the east. Yeah. Because we saw the 76ers had a rocky start, and they're almost back up if they aren't already back up to 500. Yeah, that's so. that's just the difference between the Lakers and the other three teams that we've mentioned so far. I just feel like going into the season, we knew that the Lakers had some troubling issues in terms of their roster spots they, they had and, and the kind balls. of the kind of players that they have on their team. But then Warriors, Nets, and Heat, they all have the kind of rosters that can just get on a hot streak and come right back. I agree, 100%. Now, looking on the opposite end of some things, we've talked a little bit about some underperforming teams, about overperforming. Maybe not maybe not overperforming. Maybe, that, maybe that's not the right word. Maybe they're actually legit. But some teams that are doing really well right now that we did not expect. Starting off with the Utah Jazz. 5-2. 6-2. 6-2. Yeah. 6-2. Six and two. And this was a team many people were picking to be last in the West. Yeah. This was a very low quality, you know. We thought they blew it up, got the picks, but you know what? That little duo of Colin Sexton and Lori Markinen. Yeah, yeah. You- as a fantasy owner, I am perfectly fine with this happening <laughs> because I have Markinen on my team right now and he's dropping twenty two and nine a game right now. Oh, oh which oh. is Pull up one of the Sexton's. He's got to be up there, too. Sexton has... I mean, those stats... Sexton you, only has 12 points a game. Those really? stats you gave for Markkinen could put him in the conversation. He could hold them up, could not, but that could be most improved player conversation. Like, 12-9 and nine for him. Most improved player? I'm thinking all-star. If the Jazz keep up this record... I mean, if the, say the Jazz, especially him, him making an All Star, would go a long way towards Most Improved Player. Because oh, his 100%. stats were were starting to they they were underwhelming in Chicago recently. Yeah, and I mean, even in Cleveland, you know, he took a, he took a little baby step, but he didn't really do. You know, I talked to some Chicago Bull fans, and they're just like, they're they're happy for him. Yeah, there's no animosity towards him, which I think is is really nice because you know some fan bases. They'd see Laurie popping off, and they're like, you know, you didn't do that for us. I, I'm so happy to see him thriving because, I mean, Utah doesn't have a roster that should be out there doing this, and they're... they're I mean, they really just have young players that want a ball right now. They want to be. They're energetic, and they're ha- they're excited for the opportunity to be there. That's what it is. And I'm, I'm also noticing um, with his stints with the Bulls and the Cavaliers the past five seasons... There hasn't been a single season where he's been under 13 points a game. So the potential has always been there. But now, with this opportunity of being on a Jazz team to where he has to step up, he's taking the opportunity and running with it right now. And if he gets over 10 rebounds a game, he'll have 22 and 10, essentially. And there's no way on earth that he wouldn't be considered an all-star. Maybe even a starter, if he keeps it up like this. He could be in that range where we had Andrew Wiggins last year where he was an all-star starter. People were upset about it at yeah, the time. Yeah, w- Wiggins was different. I don't think he was a starter, honestly. Well, that's not what we're here. I'm just but saying. Yeah, that's, that's like off that. the conversation. But Could be interesting. Another team out west, 
Portland Trailblazers are currently in first place in the West. All this stuff we've been seeing over the past, what, three, four years, especially over the last year, Dame trying to run from the grind. You know, Dame, we let you go. Leave Portland. Five and one, top of the West. I know for a fact not even Portland fans were ready for that, expecting it at the very least. No, and Dame has been like a consistent great piece for them, but Anthony Simmons has been... Simons. Simons. My apologies. Anthony Simons has been developing very well for them. Well, I mean, they paid him the bag, so I would I would hope so. But, I mean, really, I feel like while on paper it doesn't look like the best team, it doesn't, like, the way they set up or around each other doesn't look the best. They're playing phenomenal. And, I mean, Dame himself, Dame is averaging 31 points so far this season on 50% from the field. 39% from the three while averaging four and a half rebounds, four and a half assists. If Portland keeps it up and we're seeing Dame, because we know Dame can keep up the elite scoring, are, are we finally seeing the Trailblazers do a little something? Yeah. Because you've got Yusuf Nurkic down low. He's one of the lead, league leading rebounders. So, you know, they keep this up. I might just hop on the Trailblazers bandwagon. Dame for MVP. <laughs> yeah, Nurkic I'm some, DPOY. I've Send been it paying, everywhere. I've been paying too much attention to the to the Blazers, other than knowing that they've been off to a great start and that Dame's been doing what he has been doing his entire career, essentially. Mm-hmm. But Simons, two of the past three games, he had against the Nuggets. He had a twenty nine point game where he was over fifty percent from three and had seven threes. And then the, their past game against the Rockets, he had 30 and had another seven three-point game. So he's their breakout star. Well, that's what you're saying. Dame, has, Dame dropped 41 in back-to-back games. Dame's putting up big numbers. You know, like we already mentioned, Yusuf Nurkic, if I'm not mistaken, he's averaging 12 rebounds a game, which is good for— He's got 13 and 12 right now. 13 and 12. That's good. 12 rebounds a game is good for third in the league. If he can keep that up, who's their starting center right now? Or is it's he sa- it's, it's, so, it's okay, so who's their starting four? Pretty sure I Simons have... isn't coming off the bench, right? No. Simons is too. I think Josh Hart is. Ooh, Josh Hart at the four. See, and that's that defensive. They traded That's him. what I'm liking. I'm, I'm looking like... at their other guys right now. So they have Dame. They have Simons. They have Jeremy Grant, who has always been an underrated player. He's dropping... Almost 16 a game right now. Well, that's what he came... And then you have Nurkic, who has always been solid as well. So, And then Josh Hart is dropping 10 a game. So they have consistent scoring. They have five guys that are in double digits right now. So That's amazing. And I mean... I think they'll be able to keep it up. Yeah. I'm liking the way they're looking right now. That is wild. I, I love it for the... Tra- and then you've got... I love... I personally... Nasir Little, UNC guard, off the bench. Yeah. You got him. They snagged Gary Payton II away from the Warriors. You've got him coming off the bench. You've got Shaden Sharp, who I believe is still injured. You've got him, a young guy, coming off the bench. And you have Keon Johnson, second year, second or third year guard out of Tennessee, coming off the bench. And, I mean, 
these are just guys that, you know, preseason, we weren't, like I said, we, we weren't sure how this team was going to fit because it was a much smaller uh, team overall. Because, I mean, you've got Jeremy Grant lining up at your power forward, and he's only like 6'8". you got Yusuf Nurkic, who's 7'1". He's a big body. But, I mean, small team on paper, but they are making it work because they are just an offensive scoring powerhouse. And, you know, over the past couple of years, defensively, the um, the Trailblazers have been one of the worst defensive teams in the league, ranking in the bottom half, if not, you know, the bottom, like, five teams in the league as far as defense. You know where they are this year? Ninth. Ninth. I I think if they can keep up that good defense, because we know Dame's offense isn't going anywhere. If they can keep up the defense, I think the Trailblazers are a legitimate threat. Yeah, they've shown a ton of potential so far this season. Another team that's that's been... I wouldn't say surprising, but they, they are definitely outperforming as the Cleveland Cavaliers. I was hoping to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, they, I mean, they made the, made the big move for Donovan Mitchell this offseason, and they have a very solid roster around him, but they're, they're currently sitting at second in the East. Second in the East behind Milwaukee. And you know what both of those two teams have in common? They're the number one and two defense in the league. So these are both teams, Milwaukee and Cleveland, that are putting up great numbers on the offensive end, and they're hustling down the court and playing good defense. Yeah, that's what I'm noticing right now. Um, I'm looking at the points differential throughout the league, and the Cavs have the second highest behind the Suns by only, I think, .4 points. They're scoring almost 118 a game right now, which is really good which might actually be, I think they're second highest behind, oh, never mind. They might be top five, though. And then, like you were saying, their defense is top two right now. So they're they're a well-rounded team with a bunch of young guys who are good on both ends of the ball. Donovan Mitchell was, you know, he as far as guards go, he was that guy at Louisville as far as a defender. Really good defending guard, went to Utah. And it felt like his defense just got worse every year. He came into the offseason and was like, we basically said, yeah, I'm going to start playing defense again. <laughs> I'll start trying again. And you know what? He did, and it's working. And I absolutely, absolutely love it. Beautifully done. I love what the Cleveland Cavaliers are doing. Makes me so happy. Another team that I think we have to give some some credit to that I don't think is necessarily overperforming, but they are the number one team in the league. They are performing. They are undefeated, led by Giannis, who's always going to be in the MVP conversation. 6-0, and the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, you can't not talk about them. They're, I mean, they're the last undefeated team in the league, and I, I think that they might be the team to beat this in the league, not only with Giannis, but also with the way the rest of their roster is constructed. With, with, and this is without Chris Middleton, who should help when he comes back, but they have a lot of depth on their roster. Exactly. 100%. That's the thing to add right now is the fact that Middleton hasn't played a single game yet, and their defense is still number one in the league by a couple points per game right now. 
And Middleton is really good at defense as well. He's been an underrated defender. He's a defender. solid perimeter defender. Bobby Portis has played very – he's been playing very well in his 25 minutes. He has 13 and 10 off the bench. Could be in contention for six-man of the year this year. I like – I love Bobby Portis's personality. He's a great – a very energetic big man that you can tell he's giving it his all He's the energetic, time. athletic. Yep. Everything you want to see in a big man. I like it. And yeah, even even beyond him, they have Grayson Allen, George Hill, Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, all playing well for them. So they, their their roster is very well built for a deep run this year. You guys have no idea how happy it makes me for E to be able to say in a sentence, Grayson Allen playing well for the number one team in the league. Love to hear that. Go Grayson Allen. Love you, mom. <laughs> Any other teams that? Might be of noteworthy comments. I think I have one more. Because right, in terms of surprising teams that we've been talking about so far, the Spurs. That just is like true. just like the Jazz. Uh, yeah. They're they're five and two right now. And sitting at number four in the league, only a half a game out from the top spot. So And that that was another team like the Jazz that were considered before the year to be contenders for to be to be the bottom of the league in the the tank for victor or scotty race scott scott henderson scoot 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 henderson but kelton kelton johnson and devin vassal have been a solid duo this year well we knew coming into the season that at least one of them would probably have a most improved player type of season but i did not think them having that type of season would necessarily mean the team success being there. So I think that is very, very exciting for them. I think from what I'm looking at right now, they have six guys who are in double digits at this point in yeah, time. I'm looking at that too. And it's and the their six depth. their sixth and highest scorer has eleven point seven. It's not even borderline. More, four more, although one of those is Josh Primo, but four more who are over seven points a game at this point. So that's they have, So it's spread around other than Basically they have a very well-balanced offense. Beautifully done. I do. I know we've been talking mostly about teams. We talked a little bit about players. One player that I want to talk about in particular, real quick, just touch on, Paulo Bancaro. Oh, my God. I know I'm in a room with a bunch of Magic fans, so they know all about him, but this man is putting up some, th- some stats that we have not seen in a long time. And he is playing phenomenal. He's having a special rookie year. He is. First rookie since LeBron. You mean, he? I feel like I'm seeing that stat every night. First rookie since LeBron to do this. First rookie since LeBron to do that. And I mean, for someone to be... You know, we saw Zion and we saw Luka hyped up coming into the league. And, you know, they'll put up stats like, Oh, you haven't seen this in forever. You haven't seen this in forever. Paolo was hyped up to be good. He was not hyped up as this LeBron James once-in-a-lifetime prospect. And he's coming in here, and he's doing it. So The thing, I just, I, the I just thing I'm liking at this point in time, because I've watched almost every single Magic game so far this season, and it's just the fact that his off nights, he's still putting up almost 20 a game. Because he's just such, he's just such a threat inside that... He gets fouled a lot from what I've seen. And so if he's not 
being an efficient scorer on any given night, he'll almost guaranteed get you a good amount of free throws. And so uh, I just feel like he's really special right now. And that is one area I'm looking he could improve on still, which is really scary. He can definitely improve a lot in his efficiency as he's currently making – 43% 43% of his field goals and 29% from three, which isn't bad by any means, but there's definitely room for improvement there. And if he cuts down on his turnovers, he could currently his, his player efficiency rating is a hair under 20. If he, if he, if he improves his shooting percentage on just from the field and from three, he could be, especially in the next few years, a very elite player in this league, if not one of the, one of the best in the league. Do we think we might see the first rookie since Blake Griffin to potentially make an all-star game? I think the potential is certainly there because he's only going to improve from here. I think the, I think Absolutely. if the Magic can get a better record, if the Magic's record can step up a little bit, not, not significantly, but enough. I don't want to be biased or anything, but... The Magic don't have Isaac or Fultz right now. Nobody, and I, I can tell Cole you right Anthony. now, I can tell you watching the games, if Isaac is out there, that makes a load of a difference. So uh, I'm excited as a Magic fan to see to see how this plays out for the rest of the year. Because if Isaac can stay healthy once he gets back out there, and then Fultz, who, is, who has been really good for us the past couple years. And Cole Anthony. Um, yeah, um, I'm just really excited. We have a lot of talent, and... I think the Magic are one we're of those young one teams at, looking We're sitting at 1-6, but I feel like the potential is certainly there. Yeah, no, that's all we have time for. Uh, remember to subscribe and rate us on Spotify Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram with at sports underscore rundown underscore. Thank you for listening today, and check our Instagram for all the episodes coming up this week. And we'll catch you on the run.